This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. everybody, welcome back. This is Doug Standard with Fearless Presentations, and this is the Fearless Presentations podcast. By the way, the podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. We have two-day public speaking classes that you can take pretty much in every major city across the United States and Canada. So if you're really interested in improving your public speaking skills, make sure and look at a schedule coming up in your area on fearlesspresentations.com. So, Doug, what's today's hot topic? Uh, the, the hot topic today is really about how to find places to, to speak. That's one of the things we get asked most often in, in class or after people finish our classes anyway. Somebody will go through our two-day public speaking class and they'll go, okay, great, I feel good, I feel more comfortable, I feel, I, I feel better than, than I did, but how do I continue? How do I, how do I practice this when I get in the, in the real world? And um, one of the things that we kind of tell people at the end of the class is that you'd be amazed at how many opportunities that you'll start to pick up on that are available to you that you may have missed, just missed seeing before before going to a class like ours. And the reason why is because a lot of times when we're nervous, when we're self-conscious, their opportunities kind of present themselves and we discount them. We don't even, they, they don't even, even cross our, our awareness. Uh, whereas, you know, once you, you get really really good at something, all of a sudden you start to see more and more opportunities. It's kind of like the old, um, you know, the, the yellow Volkswagen theory, you know, if you, you never see any yellow Volkswagens until you buy one. And then, you know, now that you've bought one, you see them everywhere. Right. So it's kind of the, the, the same thing is that once you, once your confidence, once your skill set starts to improve, you'll start to see new opportunities. Um, I, I'll give you some of the, the kind of the normal types of things that we typically tell people after class. And then I'll also give you a few kind of specific things that, that um, if you're really interested in in practicing your public speaking skills, these are some of the areas that you can really focus on. So, the the thing that that is most common for folks when when they when when they start to gain that confidence, when they start to get better at speaking in front of a group, is there's plenty of opportunities around the office to to speak. Staff meetings, boardroom meetings. Uh, sales calls, um, that kind of thing. So uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say, for instance, that that I'm a, I'm a fairly technical person. Uh, I work in a, in a high-tech company of some kind, and I'm nervous about speaking in front of a group. Well, there's a good chance that I'm probably not going to promote myself as being available to go out with a salesperson on a sales call, right? So the, and the reason why is because I don't feel comfortable in that situation. But as the confidence starts to grow, that technical aspect uh, along with the the sales aspect or the salesperson can really help the salesperson kind of close more deals. So so basically, being able to 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 kind of take that that technical person on the on a sales call can really help. So it, there are all kinds of situations like that that will kind of present themselves. Another an, another situation that you'll tend to find yourself in is especially with with your kids or with uh, social groups and that kind of thing. So let's say for instance you're a member of um, the um, the the uh, the 
chamber of commerce or you're a, a member of a, of a rotary club or Kiwanis, that kind of thing when when you when as your comfort comfort level in speaking in front of a group improves there's a better there's more of a chance now that you're going to want to be elected as an officer in, in one of these organizations and so that can really help as well and then what we find is that a lot of times after people get really comfortable speaking in front of a group they tend to get promoted so tend they they tend to start doing more staff meetings and that kind of thing so all of those things are 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 acceptable venues they're things that will occur that will that will kind of help you get more practice now in addition to that there are some other things that you can do if you really want to hone in your public speaking there are some things that that you can do to to really do that more effectively the the easiest place to find to to get practice to speak would be like a toasting club like toastmasters is, is one of the most famous and and i mean in every major city in the united states canada really around the world you're going to have probably hundreds of diff- different Toastmasters groups. The neat thing about a Toastmasters group is that a lot of times they will meet every week. And and while they meet every week, they one of the goals that they have is that each person in the meeting gets a chance to speak at least one time. So basically what they do is they kind of break up the role. So the person who's kind of leading the meeting, would they call them the Toastmaster, is the person who who um, kind of organizes the, the group and, and does the introduction and introduces the speakers and that kind of thing. Um, they, they typically have what they call table topics, which is it, it's kind of an impromptu speaking. If you listen to the impromptu speaking session a couple of weeks ago, you'll, you can you, you can kind of get an idea of, of what they do what, of what they do there. Um, and also, there'll be at least one, and usually there's a couple of speakers that that get to do a prepared speech each week. So so it gives you some really good practice. Now I'll give you the same kind of. Um, I don't want to say warning, but you know, just due diligence anyway. That 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 I gave you on the impromptu speaking session. Toastmasters is fantastic. Love Toastmasters. The only challenge with Toastmasters is that is that um, each group kind of you know once that once it's set up, it kind of goes on its own, and there's not a lot of um, oversight. So uh, I would encourage you if you're going to join a Toastmasters group to try three, four, five, six of them, and then find out of those. Three, four, five, six that you try, pick the best one, and then use that one as the one that you 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 become a member of, because there are different levels of of um, uh, of group that you can attend. And the old analogy that I, I like to use here is that you know it's 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 kind of like if you get your buddies together to kind of learn to play golf, right? So if you're if you're buddies are a bunch of hackers you're probably not going to get much better but if you if you get around people who are already good at playing golf and you're and you learn from them there's a good chance that you're going to grow your skill level pretty dramatically and it's the same with public speaking and so that's one of the advantages of a of a toastmasters or a toasting club um, another an, another place that's very common to find public speaking options anyway is some of those clubs that I mentioned before the the social clubs Kiwanis, Rotary Club, Lions Club. Um, There's something interesting about this, though, is that you would think that in the biggest cities, um, you're going to um, get a better chance to kind of promote yourself or promote your organization or promote your company. It's actually just the opposite. What I find is that in the smaller cities, there's usually about one or two of these social clubs that are huge. Um, Like, for instance, when when I first started, I was in the first started in business. When I graduated from college, I was in the oil business. And uh, so I was stationed in in Abilene, Texas, and that's actually when, where I first started becoming a a public speaker. Um, I joined the Qantas Club, 
And the reason why I joined the Kiwanis Club is because every business person in the town was a member of that one Kiwanis Club. I mean, we had, I think we met every Tuesday, and I, I, I would guess that there was 120, 130 business people in, in that room every single week in a, in, in a city that's not huge. You know, there's less than a million people in, in, um, in Abilene. So it was, and, and the people that were in that room were a lot of the really high level business people who kind of ran the, the city, including the mayor and, and lots of other people as well. So, so basically in the, in the smaller towns, if you can find that one big social club that, that, um, that everybody belongs to, um, the neat thing about being a member there is that you can, you can do like what I was talking about before, become an officer. And that gives you a chance to speak every week. Uh, but they're always looking for speakers. If you're meeting every week and they have a guest speaker every week, that's 52 speakers a year. And in a in a town like Abilene, you know, there's 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 not a whole lot of professional speakers, and so they're always looking for. They were always looking for somebody to to speak and give a presentation. So, in like I said, in the smaller towns, a lot of times these social clubs can be very helpful. Um, in the bigger cities, um, you're not going to be able to kind of promote yourself as well because. Um, what I find is that a lot of times the in the in the bigger cities, a lot of these social organizations have kind of died down. They're kind of aged now. So, so there's there, but there's a lot of them. So instead, inst- rather than having to to have that one uh, that one organization in the small cities that um, that you kind of have to go to, you can you can kind of work the circuit in a in a big city. So there might be you know in Dallas or Fort Worth uh, in the area where I'm at. I mean, I've never, I've never researched it, but I'm guessing there's probably at least 30, 40, maybe 50, 60 Rotary Clubs. There's another 30, 40, 50, 60 Lions Club. There's another 30, 40, 50, 60 Kiwanis Clubs. There's another, you know, uh, JCs and, and, and Junior Chamber of Commerce and all that kind of stuff. So there's, there's groups everywhere. And, and every single, the, the, the advantage to being in a big city is that, these groups, if you do a good speech, if you get a if you get a, a speech that you can kind of deliver to an audience like this, and they like you, they will talk about you in a very positive way because they all talk to each other. Hey, have you had any good speakers lately? You know, so every every group will kind of talk to each other if they if they get a good speaker that they can use over and over again. So basically, you can jump from from uh, small group to small group to small group and do your do your promotions and or do your presentations anyway. So all of those are really good um, examples. Um, one of the one of the areas that uh, folks tend to kind of focus on a lot, especially if you're an entrepreneur, is a lot of times folks will kind of gravitate toward the chamber of commerce. You know, they, they we think of the chamber of commerce as being the place that small businesses go to in order to to kind of grow. And a lot of chamber of commerces are really good at doing that. Um, one of the biggest challenges that I find with chamber of commerce, though, is that. Um, there, it's an association or a group that is designed to foster all the businesses, right? Or all the members, not actually not all the businesses, all the members of the Chamber of Commerce, right? So it becomes very difficult if you want to kind of promote your product or service to a, um, a Chamber of Commerce. They they're really skeptical of it, so they'll they'll say you know I, let's say I'm a dentist for instance and I want to I want to kind of promote myself as as being the dentist for the chamber of commerce. Well, there might be thirty or forty dentists in that same chamber, and the chamber doesn't want to um, 
to endorse one over the other 20 or 30, right? So, so that can be a little bit more challenging. So in those kind of situations, if you're in, if you, if you're a member of a chamber in those kind of situations, you can, you can do things like, um, like for instance, at the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce, where, where I've been a member for years and years and years, the, they have a, a, um, a new member orientation and they have the leader of their ambassador group give a speech at each one of those. And they also have members of the other committees kind of give a, just a short five, 10 minute speech, that kind of thing. Um, one of the things that I did early on when I was first starting out, when I, when I, when I first moved over to, um, the, the Fort Worth side of the, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex became a member of the chamber. And, and one of the ladies that, um, that was an exe- or a, a director there at the, at the chamber asked me to, to help her with the, um, the new member orientation. One of the things that was happening was that they were getting, you know, 200, 300 new members every single quarter. And they would do these, they, they would do these quarterly meetings to try to get them involved in the chamber. And they were only having, you know, 20, 35, 20, 25, 30, or so people kind of show up for the for the orientations and and since I had kind of developed in that short period of time a, a pretty good reputation for being a good speaker they asked me to to um, kind of present something or teach the the group how to network and so I, uh, I I created this this neat little kind of business card exchange forum that went over really really well people really liked it in fact the first time that i did it i think we had about 27 people that showed up and then the next quarter i think we had 130 <laughs> so so the word got around really really quickly so the neat thing about speaking in these kind of venues is that if you do a really good job with your presentation you can get asked to come back over and over again and i, I think I, I probably did that same that same networking deal for the for the chamber of commerce for better part of probably four or five years every quarter once a quarter for for four or five years so you can kind of become a, the the go to person for those kind of things. Um, well, let's talk about one final thing because the, all of the these kind of groups are are things that a lot of people have kind of heard about and um, and they know they're good places to to be able to give a speech. Then let me kind of just before I get into the last one, which I think is could be a, a really valuable for valuable one for you, especially if you happen to be in sales and you want to get some practice presentations. Um, let me kind of just focus a little bit on how to actually get those gigs. How do you find those 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 people to to have you come in and give a speech? Well, the easiest thing to do. Let's say, for instance, that I want to 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 give a speech to a Rotary Club in my city, then basically all you really have to do is type in Rotary Club with your city after it on Google, and you'll get a list of, of, the, of the organizations. Most of the time, there's going to be a a uh, like a rotary a, a rotary club kind of email there'll be a, an email uh, th- that will be on the website that will be for s- specifically set up for people who are speakers who want to speak at that club and so if you can find that you can basically just shoot them an email tell them what your topic is tell them why it would be important or why it would be helpful for the rotary club members or for that whatever club it is that you're you're talking to and uh, and shoot them an email you might have to shoot out you know, a hundred emails before you get one of them to respond. And that's the, really the most important one is the first one, because a lot of times what they're going to ask you is, you know, well, who have you spoken to before? <laughs> right. And, and if you've never done this before, uh, it, it becomes very difficult to get that, that first gig. But so you may have to be very persistent in the beginning in order to get that, that first one. But once you get one and you do a good job, 
you get that person now to give you a testimonial. You just say, hey, would you mind just shoot me an email telling me how your group liked the, the, uh, the speech that I gave? And then you print that off, and now you can send that to the next one, right? So, or, or forward that email to the, to the next one that, that you want to speak to. So you can do that uh, over and over and over again and kind of just work the circuit. Now, these aren't paid gigs. I mean, they're, they're volunteers, but it's a good place to kind of get practice. Um, the, the, the one that's kind of transitioned between the, the free places that you can kind of practice and there's not a whole lot of pressure. I mean, if, you, if you're speaking to a, an 80-person Qantas club and you, and you bomb it, you know, okay, you may not, especially if you're in a really big city, you're probably never going to see any of those 80 people ever again. If you're in a smaller city, yeah, okay, that could be a little bit more challenging for you. But, um, but most of the time, these are kind of low pressure. They're, they've heard so many boring speeches that if you're even just a little bit entertaining, you're, you're going to be okay. But the one that's kind of a transition between the, the free gigs and the paid gigs is what I call lunch and learns, or what, what are known as lunch and learns anyway. That's where you, you can kind of pinpoint the target audience that you want to speak to, get some practice speaking to that target audience just a little at a time. Um, so basically, you can do this for a specific company, right? So let's say you want to to um, um, I, I, I give an example that I used in the uh, the Mastering Presentations book that I wrote a couple of years ago. Um, which, by the way, if you the the uh, Mastering Presentations has a lot of these in it. So if you're if you're really interested in this topic, you, you can, I really go into a lot more depth in the Mastering Presentations book. But one of the examples I gave is let's say you're a you own a gym in a in a small town. Well, you can actually go to a um, to a, a big company that's close to your gym and offer to do a you know free lunch workshop or or, or do a, a speech on how to eat more effectively or eat healthier and that kind of stuff. You can you can do those kind of things to for a specific company and then offer free uh, free day passes to anybody that attends the the session that you're that you're teaching. So any of those kind of things are good ways to get practice and kind of help you promote yourself and promote your business. Um, one of the ways that we use the lunch and learn a lot when I was when, in the uh, at the Leaders Institute anyway was when we created the Build a Bike team building activity. So Build a Bike is now one of the it's it's a very very popular way to get get a group of people kind of energized at a, at a company. And most of the time, folks hire us to do these for like conventions or annual meetings. Let's say you've got a two or three day convention. Most of the time, those things are pretty boring. They're pretty dry. And so a lot of times, folks will have one of our speakers come in and do a, a team building activity where they're actually building bikes for young kids. And then the, when, once all the bikes are assembled, then we donate the, the bicycles to one of the local children's charities, like a Boys and Girls Club. So when we first started doing this, um, we knew we had something really special because the, the first one that we did, when the, when the event was over, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. I mean, it was, it, it was very impactful. We, we had folks kind of coming up to us just shaking our hands going, my gosh, that was so awesome. And so we knew we had something special, but... It was brand new. Nobody ever heard of this. You know, this was a couple of decades ago now, so nobody ever heard of this type of activity. And so we had to figure out a way to kind of get the market to pull this because we could go out and do a lot of outbound marketing, but outbound marketing wasn't it was going to get it wasn't going to get us to the right person. So we had to we had to find some way to kind of pull this from the from the from the market or or pull it from the, have the customer kind of pull this from us, right? 
So one of the things that we started doing was we went to some of the biggest hotels in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where we where we're, we're based, and we just we offered them a, a, a lunch and learn. We'd bring in Subway sandwiches and and give them a chance to and and uh, kind of teach their salespeople how to keep the money that that um, was being generated from a convention in the hotel. One of the biggest challenges that hotel people have, hotel salespeople anyway have, is that a lot of times if folks are doing a convention, a lot of times they would, at that point anyway, at that time, the, the, the folks would want to spend, you know, um, 7.30 to 8 o'clock or, uh, in the morning all the way up to, you know, 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the, in the afternoon at the, in the meeting room, in the, in the banquet hall. So after people have been in a, in a meeting room for that long, a lot of times what they want to do is they want to get out. <laughs> they want to go do something else. And so like here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you know, folks would go to a Ranger game or, or, or go to the Dallas Motor Speedway or something, something that was more fun, more interactive, go bowling, something, get them out of the, get them out of the hotel. And um, uh, so that, that's a big challenge for the hotel salespeople because all of that revenue that's now going for entertainment was now leaving the, the the hotel. And so what we were doing was we were going in and doing like a 20-minute or 30-minute lunch and learn to kind of show the salespeople how if they did charity team building activities like we were doing with Build-A-Bike, they could keep people at the hotel. They could keep that money in-house to where the the uh, the revenue wasn't being uh, passed along to another entity and they loved it you know so we did I'm, I'm guessing probably from 2005 2006 2007 I bet we did five six seven of these a week at, at different hotels and we just went over and over again and, and the neat thing about that particular kind of lunch and learn is that the salespeople at these hotels tended to, to um uh, turn over pretty quickly, you know, so the, the entire sales staff would, would kind of come and go within a, about a year or so. So a lot of times we could go back to those same hotels and do the same speech over and over again and still get more business. Every time we did one of these lunch and learns though, we would get, my guess would be most of the time anyway, probably two, three, four events from that hotel in the next couple of months. And then it would slowly, you know, they, they would kind of forget about us. We'd go back and do something else. And then we get another three, four, five, six or so. And there were some hotels that they did one of these and they loved it so much that they, they promoted us to everybody. And so in those big hotels, sometimes we were getting 10, 15 a month. And so, so these things can be, uh, if it can be a very good, I mean, what did it cost us every time we did one of these things? You know, maybe 30 bucks in sandwiches, maybe, you know, so it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't a huge investment of, 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 of funds anyway. It was basically 20 or 30 minutes of our time to get some practice speaking in front of a group and to promote something that we were doing. So lunch and learns can be a really, really helpful way to kind of promote yourself and to promote your your company and get some good practice. Um, now, to, to actually get in the door with one of these lunch and learns, it's a little bit more difficult than with the, the social clubs or with Toastmasters. Obviously, with Toastmasters, you just got to show up. Eventually, you're going to get to be one of the, the speakers. And so you don't have to do a whole lot of, of groundwork to get one of these speeches. For the social clubs, it takes a lot more, a little bit more groundwork, but you just have to be persistent. So basically, you might have to send out a number of different emails or make a, a number of, of phone calls to people before you actually get your first gig. For the lunch and learns, it's quite a bit more difficult because they're going to be much more skeptical. They're going to think, rightly so, that your only purpose for being there is to sell them something, right? So, so that makes it a little bit more difficult to kind of get in the door. And so, the 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 
the best way that I've found to actually organize these types of meetings is to have a benefit for them just to attend that lunch and learn. So like, for instance, that example that I gave you before about Build-A-Bike, we didn't go in there talking about Build-A-Bike. You know, we didn't go and say, hey, give me 20 minutes to come tell your folks about our Build-A-Bike team building program. Instead, what we said was, what is the problem that Build-A-Bike solves for these salespeople? And once we kind of figured out that it helps them keep that revenue in-house, now we can go and give that speech on, on that particular thing. So think about the benefit to the audience, just like we do, by the way, in, in the three-point talk format that I talked about a, a few sessions ago. If, if you really focus on the benefit to the audience when you design your presentation, it's going to make it a whole lot easier for them to want to listen to you. So those are some, some pretty good tips anyway on, on how to kind of practice. I, I, the, the, just kind of in closing, one of the things that you want to really understand about looking for venues or looking for places that you can, you can speak is just be on the lookout for the opportunities. You'll find opportunities in church. You know, um, I think one of the first, one of the first, my first real um, successes in public speaking after I first my after I took my first public speaking class when I was I don't know in my early twenties or so was um, was speaking at church at, at Sunday school um, the um, the the youth pastor that I was that I was learning under at at, at the church that I belonged to. Um, had an an opening in the the college age class, and since I was pretty close, and since I and he knew I was a pretty good speaker, cl- close to that age anyway, and and since he knew that I was a pretty good speaker, he had me come in just a couple of sessions, once every couple of months, and and just kind of give a, a a quick little presentation in in Sunday school, and it was amazing. That I, I think out of all the stuff that I've done in my life, that was one of the things that that kind of boosted my confidence more than anything else. And the reason why that boosted my confidence was because the stuff that I was teaching in Sunday school was not something I had trained in. I'd never been to seminary, you know. I'd read the Bible and I'd been to Sunday school and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, I was not. I would not consider myself to be an expert on that topic uh, by under any circumstance. Uh, but it kind of tested me a little bit. I had to do more studying. I had to do more preparation, that kind of thing. And so when I had a success there. Now, all of a sudden, my confidence, boom, shot through the roof. It was, it was a dramatic night and day difference in my confidence as a result of, of just kind of going through that process. And you'll find those opportunities as well. You'll find those opportunities that, that you might have passed up in the past because they weren't something that was kind of in your comfort zone. And, and by stretching yourself and really accomplishing those things, that's where the real confidence comes from. So um, in one of the future sessions, I might do it next week. It might be in one of the, in, in a couple of sessions down the road, we're going to talk about how to, to choose a venue where you can actually make some money speaking. So if you ever wanted to be, to, wanted to be a professional speaker or if you want to generate new revenue streams from speaking and that kind of thing, I'm going to show you some some different things that you can do very early on to make sure that you're making revenue from the very, very beginning. So stay tuned for, for that future session, and we'll make sure and cover some of those ways to generate money from your speaking. So thanks again for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. Make sure and subscribe to us on, on iTunes, on the podcast app on your, on your cell phone, and it makes it a whole lot easier to know when the new sessions are coming out. We're trying to do these every week. Sometimes we'll do them a couple times a week. So so make sure and keep in tune with us by subscribing 
subscribing to the podcast and leave us a good review if you like the if you like what we're what we're doing here make sure to leave us a good review on iTunes because that helps it helps us better promote ourselves to the the masses out there in the podcast world so thanks a lot for being a partner of the fearless presentations podcast subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week 